Welcome to the Bluegrass Podcast. Today we're talking with Caleb Chen of The Highest Critic. We're going to be talking quality cannabis, cannabis reviews, and more. Do you want to talk a little bit about what you do with The Highest Critic and some of your projects and just how you got introduced to cannabis? Yeah, so um, The Highest Critic is a cannabis website that I founded in 2018. Um, you know, it's features a lot of reviews. That's how most people might've heard of it before, but mm-hmm. uh, I'm going out to do interviews, press releases, more general cannabis news, and really, uh, cannabis education for the wider audience that's out there, um, accessible via the internet, uh, even if they're still under the prohibition and, um, kind of my beginnings with cannabis. Uh, I first, uh, my first brush with cannabis was, in 2010, um, when I first started smoking on 420, mm-hmm. it was it was, it was a life changing experience. Uh, shortly after, I stopped drinking alcohol, and uh, you know you could say that cannabis has been my only vice since. But you know, really, it's more that cannabis has been my medicine choice since. Mm-hmm. And you know, I've heard a lot. And, cannabis circles are like all cannabis use is medicinal some people say you know well is it medicinal is it wellness well you know, we can gripe on the words but really the uh everyone has something that everyone that's a regular cannabis user has something that they're they're targeting uh use for mm-hmm. that and, <laughs> yeah absolutely and where did you first get the idea for starting something like the highest critic or kind of take that next step to where you're not just a consumer, but you want to do something in the space as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, um, you know, that transition was actually kind of long, um, from 2010, I was in school and, uh, I was under the prohibition then. So really just to get my own access to cannabis, I had to, uh, become, I guess, what would be called, on the East Coast, a pusher. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, from that was how I started to get more, um, get closer with the cannabis plant. And, you know, from there, I distinctly recall every time I'd go to pick up my, you know, the dealer would have like two strains, if that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they give me two names. Um, they probably look the same, probably not really look that different. I'd be really skeptical if they actually were different. And I take whatever names were given to me and I'd go straight to Google and I'd search them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'd end up on Seed Finder, or All Buds or Leafly or you know, any of those sites that have the exact same copy about certain strains and then no copy about any other strains. Mm-hmm. So yeah, every now and then I'd notice that like the stuff that actually seemed to match, you know, there'd be like some pictures that matched, there'd be some information that matched. It would be likely not on Leafly, likely not on one of those uh, major sites. It'd likely actually be on an IC mag or roll it up or mm-hmm. one of these other uh, cannabis websites that um, people in the industry might know and love that have, you know, they just, they you could say they target a different audience, a different subset of the cannabis industry. And mm-hmm. you know, 
it's whether that's a, a more honest subset of the cannabis industry or whether it's a more educated subset of the cannabis industry, you know, the information was more accurate. And mm-hmm. I guess in 2018, I left the, the corporate job that I was at um, working as a marketer and I moved into a van. And then within a month, I'd started the highest critic and it was with the express purpose of you know, having a resource that was kind of in between those two, because there's a lot of people who aren't going to dig through forum posts to find accurate information. But mm-hmm. um, as long as it's there, accessible on Google, at the end of the day, um, I say this a lot, but the highest critic and websites in general are definitely Google's bitch right now. <laughs> And did you have any trepidation making that jump where it's you're going from this more standard, more accepted marketing job and then you move into a van? And did you tell anyone about this? What was that process like of making that jump to doing that full time? You know, it was actually I had a lot of support like for my family during that time. You know, my, mm-hmm. my parents were actually they my dad actually gifted me a copy of Nomadland like a year before this this quote unquote, sudden transition. So mm-hmm. I, I actually would say I was not very trepidatious at all during that transition. And if anything, my previous work um, as a marketer, I was running several blogs or news sites in like the few years prior. And, you know, it really cemented in me like, uh, like some free speech, absolutist principles and stuff like that. So, you know, even in terms of legal trepidation, or any of that stuff, I, I didn't have any. And I'd say, you know, the highest critic was a way for me to go legit in this space. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure as you've <clears throat> talked with a lot of people that have done the same thing, that's like the least trepidatious thing they've ever done in the industry. <laughs> you So you start up the highest critic and you've been working on that for how long now? Uh, coming up on five years now. And what was the first committed point but what was the point at which you had the ball rolling and you said this is going to keep rolling that's a great question so the site started in 2018 and between 2018 and 2020 i um you know was just periodically updating it it was myself and the first reviewer that i worked with uh shout out brian the dc Mm -hmm. end and we were you know, just posting maybe like once a month, some reviews of flower or some vapes or something. And then come 2020, I just decided to go at it. And that's when I started to reach out to more reviewers from different states, different countries all around the world. And, um, you know, they, I, I was surprised, but generally the reception was good to, to like syndicate content out to the highest critic. And I'd be able to feature reviews from, um, cannabis reviewers um, wherever they were at on YouTube, on Instagram, and just give them another avenue to, to promote their work, get them new followers. And that really ended up opening the floodgates. So, you know, myself, I would just be editing a lot of these reviews, putting them online, and I would be able to read about, you know, what the new hottest strain in Puerto Rico is, for instance, or mm-hmm. what the hottest cultivar out in London is, or, you know, see what the, the market preferences in certain areas are, um, market conditions, actually, because that largely is a, a prerequisite for market preferences. And um, I think on that end, 
it's uh, it's made the highest credit kind of like a unique resource in the space because it is still uh, so like ear to the ground, I guess you could say. And mm-hmm. like, to give an example, um, like most of the traffic comes from the United States, but the state where most of the traffic comes from is Texas. Hmm. And stuff like uh, I was doing some research before um, looking at the analytics and, for instance, you know, the amount of visitors that come from Kentucky is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, raising. It's almost like an order of magnitude more than it was last year. And just as uh, pieces of legalization or like normalization happen, um, you kind of see different states coming online. And this is like a, a pre, you know, pre licenses coming online. You can mm-hmm. see the cannabis culture kind of rise from the, not even the ashes, really. You know, it's been there everywhere because everywhere that there's people, there's people that want to consume cannabis medicinally wellness. And the best example I have of that is, you know, there's apparently a, quite the trade in cannabis vapes on Antarctica. That's and interesting. People, people will smuggle in cannabis from, you know, wherever they're being assigned from. And it's, it's just like a, a thing that's known and not talked about, um, not technically legal, but definitely something to do when you're down there and <laughs> stuck for a while. With these different areas like Texas and Kentucky that maybe have like hemp products that are moving into like the cannabis license space, why do you think Texas in particular for you has raised up so highly just out of curiosity? Well, that's a, uh... That's a very good question. Um, you know, I actually don't have that many hemp products on my site. So mm-hmm. it really is, uh, it's a barometer of legacy demand, I would say, or on the traditional market. And you kind of see that traditional market. Like, so there'll be the brands that are represented, are represented, are not these, the hemp companies that are seeking to transition. It's mm-hmm. the brands that are, uh, you know, leaking stuff from California to the rest of the world from wherever. So, you know, it's brands that lots of people haven't heard of, but a lot of people have heard of. <laughs> mm-hmm. With The Highest Critic, you talk about doing a lot of reviews. Where do you see this going when you think about what you want this to keep moving into? Where do you see The Highest Critic going? Um, There's a, a lot of places I see it going, but I think the guess the uh, the pillar that I want to stay near is uh, education and mm-hmm. really like reviews are educational, but they're only educational to a certain point because at the end of the day, every person has a different endocannabinoid system. And also the people that self-identify as cannabis reviewers generally have more established uh, tastes and preferences. So you can always see that. Um, in a reviewer, in, in any writer's work, is there you know inherent bias? And for reviews, it's just front and center. So on that end, I want to um, you know go toward more towards empirical stuff. So mm-hmm. in the last year, since going through the Ganji program, I've gone through to try and make sure that a terpene profile is uh, mentioned in these reviews and also just in any information, right? So. If someone can find that, uh, can read a particular cultivar review and see that it is mercy dominant or whatever, um, not just uh, indica or sativa or hybrid um, mm-hmm. false dichotomy, then it might be able to help them um, better choose a product. 
for their endocannabinoid system based on their previous experiences. And so I, whenever possible, I'm trying to link to the actual COA for that actual batch and product. And Mm -hmm. it's been very hard to uh, get that cooperation from brands, actually. Like, obviously, it's not an option for these, um, you know, gray market brands that aren't necessarily testing what they're sending out. But there's plenty of products that are out there that have the tests that companies or middlemen in the middle are just not willing to share that information, even though it's really free. So um, I want to kind of bridge that gap of information and kind of, I'm going to be compiling like a, if anything, like a database of what growers grow, you know, what what license type they have and to really break it down more, like what lights are they using? What brand of lights are they using? What are their, what nutrients are they using? What brand or what amendments they like? What post-harvesting techniques that they have, anything that they'd be willing to share, because obviously lots of this stuff could fall under trade secrets, but the kind of stuff that they hint at in their marketing, you know, there's these types of differentiations are what make growers different from each other. And they're very prideful of it. And so to to see that information kind of get lost and not be accessible for for end users to make their decision is very uh, sad. And I really want to change that. I very much understand that the process and the inputs, like you said, and all of the things that went into making that product, not just some of those final numbers. If you had some key pieces of information, what would you like to see added? I know you talked about terpene profiles, COAs, things like that. What are a couple of things that if you could just on the wish list, always have that info? to make those decisions or to look at those reviews, what would you want on there? It's a great question. Um, you know, I would take a step back away from like terpene profiles um, and even like the, to go back to, there's too much stuff out there that still doesn't even have like the grower's name on there, right? Like that would be thing number one. And then beyond that, you know, to have the proper lineage, genetics information to to uh, give credit to the breeder. Um, those are just basic things that I guess they were happening more in the past, or it's always been something that the cannabis industry has battled with, I guess. There's lots of incentive to do shady things, I guess. And we see that play out, especially in unregulated markets. But um, so, yeah, I would say just to have accurate lineage information and to to to, um pay respect to the breeder and really that lineage information sans terpene profile sans all that stuff is the only thing that someone is going to be able to um like choose a new cultivar that might hit them the same as a previous cultivar right i like to say that people generally ask someone like what cultivars what strains that they have enjoyed in the past and then go try to do a suggestion from there, like tell them what family tree to bark up essentially. So if someone likes, you know, particular, if they liked, if they liked OG Kush back in the day, chances are they'll get a somewhat, at least 50% similar experience with anything on the shelves that's labeled OG, right? But then that's very general advice, but at the end of the day, um, that can't be true. I mean, it can not be true. I've seen some stuff that's been labeled OG that technically like OG is like a great grandfather, if that. And 
you know, at, at that point, that naming convention is going to fail. <laughs> so, um, you know, just to have that, that information and have as much information as possible because people who do care are going to care and people who don't care, you know, maybe they'll care eventually. Absolutely. And like you said, making sure you have that validated information where it's not just the claim, but here we can show you that this product actually is. Do you have any advice for maybe reviewers or people that would want to do reviews about how to go about it beyond just, you know, maybe someone has just been smoking, but they want to really dive in a little more? How do you kind of get into that reviewing area where you're breaking things down a little more analytically or maybe a little more consistently in a process? I would say to anyone that, you know, that smokes or vapes or is, is able or is using cannabis in a way where like the end cultivar makes a difference. So that'd be you know, anything from flour to concentrates and maybe some tinctures um, would that uh, they should have like a strange journal, at least, even if you're not aiming to be a reviewer or not anything like that, just to be able to write down like how certain cultivars by whatever breeder, by whatever grower made you feel. And then if you have further information, like, oh, was it sun grown? Was it indoor? Was it living soil? Was it cocoa? Was it whatever? And if you have that information, you'll absolutely end up seeing like what you like or what's more effective for you. And that will end up, you know, just even for an end user that's not reviewing, uh, could end up saving you more money, could, you know, you get better highs, more targeted towards what you're trying to achieve. And the other thing I would say for anyone who's trying to, to be a reviewer, um, I think I've seen a lot of reviewers where like, that's the easiest first step to get your foot into the cannabis industry. Like if you apply for a bud tender position and you have an established review page, whether it's on Instagram, whether it's on Blogspot or somewhere else that you've just set up for free and it's just entries from your journal. Um, that is something where, you know, you're more qualified than the other person that's coming in. So I would say just start. <laughs> that's uh, and there's a, there's a very nice uh, subreddit called just start that uh, people, people just um, write about their experiences just starting whether it's being a reviewer, whether it's, you know, starting a drop shipping uh, business or something that just start is definitely good advice. I like what you said too, about strain journals in particular, especially for medical patients, being able to go back and look at what you liked, what you didn't like, and sometimes what you misremember you liked or didn't like, and just having that reference. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Cause you might, there might be insights that you never think of. Like maybe it's not that it's a particular family tree of strains or cultivars that you like. Maybe it's just a specific grower or specific brand that does it the way that your body likes. And, you know, there's, there's all sorts of insights that can be gleaned from, from data analysis in this space <laughs> on a personal a micro and macro level. And since it was just New Year's, Thinking about 2022 for yourself, you don't necessarily have to choose the best thing, but what is in that upper top three or four things you've tried this past year that you really thought stood out to you of all the things you've tried? It can be hash, vapes, flour, 
whatever product in whatever category. Um, you know, I, I, I'm going to take that one at a time. So flower first, and like I was saying before, like each reviewer has some biases, biases. So mine are definitely going to show here, but the coolest things I found this year are, um, a sun-grown haze, um, number 19 by Heart Rock Mountain Farm. Um, that was freaking awesome. I just came across that right before um, Emerald Cup Harvest Ball at the uh, at the Gangier-led Consumption Lounge that um, Terrence was running. And I was there. I got some like heirloom Mendocino strains. Besides that haze, um, mm-hmm. also some sour Afghan and some, um, the other ones, velvet perps. And it was like, that was, you know, one very cool experience. And, you know, the, the flower was just, was very nice. And then besides that, I guess everything on my list is uh, sun-grown right now. The other thing that I really came across this year that really made me happy was a Vietnamese land race by First Cut Farms. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's funny because I, I saw it, I smelled it, I had it in my hands, and then I lost it. And then, you know, I just kept thinking about it, being like, man, I wish I didn't lose that Vietnamese. I wish I could try it. And no. I was on a trip. I was in New York City at one of those consumption lounges. And I'm looking mm-hmm. at their menu and I see Vietnamese land race. And <laughs> lo and behold, it's the exact same farm, exact same everything. And I bought it and I smoked it. And that was, that was like the, the pinnacle find this year for sure. And Man, that's uh, so lucky that you found it there and then <laughs> went to New York. And that was where you got the second round. Yes, where I actually got to smoke it. And the best part is because it was New York. I was literally just walking down the street. Like I had my <laughs> backpack on my front so I could use it as like a base. And then I was packing my bowl and just walking down the street, smoking the bowl as is legal in New York city. <laughs> Are there any projects you'd like to talk about? Like that you've been working on the highest critic, of course, but also other things or things that you'd like people to be aware of, like that you might have coming out. So, um, on the highest critic side, um, I've recently launched a newswire and my plan for that is to really allow, um, you know, the smaller cannabis companies to be, to have a voice, to have a place they can publish, you know, new product launches, um, when they're collaborating with other brands, just the kind of stuff that usually gets posted on Instagram that might get lost in the nether, but to really put it out there and have it be something that's on the public record according to Google, <laughs> that kind of stuff. And, you know, I've, there's a lot of other ideas that I've been uh, floating around. And one I know we talked about in person back in Oklahoma, but um, I guess at this point, I'm trying to uh, find like-minded individuals that uh, see the, the environmental damage that disposables are causing, um, both outside the cannabis industry and the and in the cannabis industry, but specifically, you know, one-time use pens, one-time use whatevers. The mm-hmm. fact that um, the biggest innovation in that space is that they let you recharge the batteries that you're only supposed to use <laughs> once is yep. uh, it's kind of sad. And I I really feel that there's a 
you know, there's something to be said about, about American lithium independence and all sorts of stuff along those lines and, and how um, the cannabis industry could really take the charge there. You know, in this, people in the same breath talk about the benefits of the benefits of cannabis and how it's, you know, it's just the best, it's, it's an agricultural powerhouse, all that kind of stuff. But there's all sorts of ancillary things in the cannabis industry that, you know, that may or may not still be here in the long run. And I, I honestly hope that's one of them. And if people wanted to find the highest critic and your social media, how can they go about finding that? So um, the highest critic is online on its own website at www.thehighestcritic.com and also on Instagram and social club at, at the highest critic. But you know, those are centralized platforms that, uh, you know, can't really count on. So <laughs> mm-hmm. the best spot to reach me would be uh, via the website or via my email, thehighestcritic at gmail.com. Caleb, thank you so much for talking to me. I appreciate it. Thank you, Elijah, for having me on. And it's always great talking with you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Bluegrass Podcast. If you'd like to check out more episodes, you can do so at bluegrasscannabis.com. If you'd like to stay up to date with news, merch, and more, make sure to follow us on Instagram at bluegrass underscore cannabis, TikTok at Bluegrass Cannabis, Twitter at Bluegrass Canna. Thank you so much for listening and stay safe. The Bluegrass Podcast, old-fashioned, all-natural. Kentucky Bluegrass.